G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're turning our attention today to motherhood. Described as a woman's greatest honour and her hardest struggle, that bundle of joy turns the lives of mothers upside down. Loss of identity, parenting fails, and a search for purpose are just some of the issues mothers face every day. Well, our special guest today is Mirette Abraham, who was just embarking on her career as a medical doctor in Sydney when she found herself in the trenches of motherhood. Mirette quickly realised that her life was not Instagrammable like other families seemed to be. In fact, she found herself struggling with anxiety and depression, plagued by the thought that she wasn't fulfilling her purposes or living out the life that God had set for her. Mirette Abraham decided to document her journey towards redefining her identity and purpose in her new book called Mama, I See You, Finding Glimmers of Hope in the Trenches of Motherhood. Marette Abraham, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you for having me. Marette, a woman's greatest honour and her hardest struggle. You've shared your own struggles in your book, all about motherhood. Give us some insight into your story and those struggles. I don't think I could have put it as well as that. That's perfectly said. Um, it is, you know, motherhood is our greatest honour. I feel like I have truly found my purpose in motherhood now that I've let God use my motherhood. But it is the most trying and, you know, the most difficult time I've ever encountered, I've ever come across. Um, I feel like for me, I was in the process of figuring out where I wanted to be as a doctor which you know, training program to go into, what specialty I wanted to focus on. And I came to a point, it was like a fork in the road almost, where I was hit hard with having to make the decision whether to continue on, you know, working really long, strenuous hours in the hospital, not having any time for family, whether I continue doing that or whether I take a step back and reevaluate what I'm doing with my life and if I've even got time for family. And so I got to a point where I made the hard decision to pull out of a training program that I had committed myself to. And at that point, I felt like I was, I felt I was ready for having children. I felt I could take on a kid at that point in my life. Um, and, you know, my husband and I had been talking for a really long time and this was something we both really wanted and I just didn't know whether it would fit into my career. We took the plunge, we had a baby, and I think I really took that process for granted. Once we had our beautiful daughter, our eldest daughter, who's now almost five, everything changed for me. We had a really, you know, terrible experience in the hospital where... She went through a, you know, she stopped breathing for a moment and she needed extra help in the nursery. Um, 
And so seeing her in that light, seeing her struggle, seeing her need intervention to continue surviving, I think really played a, a big role on the way I viewed things later on and the way I, I managed um, in my motherhood, especially in my early motherhood. And so I struggled with that image. That image caused me serious anxiety. I lost sleep over it. And from there, it just cascaded months and months and months of, of you know, anxiety and depression and just sadness. I wasn't finding joy in my motherhood. And I felt really alone in that struggle. I felt really isolated in that struggle. As much as we want to paint the picture of motherhood being a community and, you know, a a tribe of mums who are there to help each other, I don't think we were talking about the struggles openly and I don't think we were making, you know, a, a path for women to talk about their struggles. And so I felt isolated. I felt alone. And I, I felt like that that just started a whole year of trying to find who I was again in this new space, what I'm supposed to be doing, how, you know, where God wants me to be, what God wants from me, and how I'm supposed to mother this child when I felt, you know, so out of my depth. This is, in some sense, uh, perhaps why we need the community. And I wonder, because... Sometimes when people reflect on past generations where there's been real community, a a real uh, wonderful friendship uh, and deeper uh, friendships that have developed between mothers because they're going through the struggles of, of raising their children, I wonder whether there's less community or you discovered that there was less community in your life than perhaps what we might have heard of in generations gone by. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think before, you know, before the time of social media um, and, uh, you know, uh, lack of interaction with people outside and, you know, the pandemic changed that even more in the last couple of years. But I I think the introduction of social media and this idea that you can have friends online and never actually have to meet in person, I feel like that's taken us away from that sense of community that was ingrained in us, you know, from the beginning of time. And, you know, I know my mum was living in a, in a unit when she was pregnant with me and later when I was born where people would just come in and out and help her out and help her with the baby and help her, you know, do things around the house when she really couldn't do anything otherwise. And so that, that's gone, I feel, for a lot of us because of how isolated we feel in this new age. You know, technology is great and I think connectivity with each other is great, you know, when you think about... Um, you know, relatives across the world and we're able to communicate with people in other, you know, places around the world geographically. But what it's done is it's left us more isolated and more lonely because, you know, what we're seeing online is not really what's translating in real life. And as much as I love social media and I love the connectivity that comes with it, I feel like it's also brought about these images of motherhood that, are not necessarily true or might just be, you know, picturesque for social media, but that's not how it is in real life. And because we're so exposed to that, I feel like we have then isolated ourselves thinking that we don't really fit that image. Now, Marette, you're a doctor and some might be thinking, well, shouldn't it be easier for a doctor to have a baby and raise a child? Uh, But what I think listeners might be hearing is your heartbeat uh, is being 
displayed here, uh, there's a certain sense in which not even all of that medical preparation prepares you for the challenges that you're about to be faced with when you have a baby. That's right, and I I actually had the exact same thought, Um, you know, throughout my first year of motherhood, the thought, the recurring thought was, I really should know better, I should know the signs of anxiety, I should know what what signs uh, of depression and, and when to step in and when to actually get help. And I feel like I self-criticized a lot because of that um, and I put a lot of pressure on myself. But really my insight at the time, and a lot of mums will tell you the same who are you know from health professional backgrounds, when you have a baby, it's almost like your own sense of objectivity goes out the window. It it really does become consuming and every thought you have, yes, you think sometimes worst case scenario because you've seen worst case scenario in the hospital, but when it comes to yourself, we kind of sideline ourselves a lot. Um, and as much as I like to put my doctor hat on when it comes to my daughter, I feel like I really struggled to do that with myself because my entire focus was her and I I, I couldn't understand what was going on with me at the time. I thought, that to some extent, I thought this was a normal transition into motherhood. And I thought this was just a struggle, but it didn't seem that way from everyone around me. It didn't seem like everyone was going through the same thing. And it took a really long time. It took many months and many experiences for me to realize, actually, this is not normal. And this is when I need to step in and get help. And if it wasn't for a few friends around me and my family, I, I don't know if I would have gotten to that point on my own when I did. Marit, there are some biblical images or ideas that we might have about motherhood and some of those things are passed down generationally through our families, uh, families that have faith in God. Uh, then there are the societal expectations uh, there's all sorts of different things that draw you around. The thoughts that uh, your career is more important than your motherhood. Is that preparation for being a mother something that is a blurry area today? I think so. I think if you're being fed this information from the world, the world will tell you, you are the most important person. So look out for yourself, look out for your career, look out for everything that helps you, and then when you have time, slot in a child when you can. It's a convenience thing. But I think if we're looking at it from the lens of spirituality or Christianity, from God's lens, children are a gift. We are here to serve. We are here to lay down our lives for those we love, just like Christ did. We are here for more. You know, we are backed by not the physicality around us. There's a spiritual realm that's bigger than all of this. And so we need to look at things in that lens and we need to look at things with God's lens. And truly motherhood, I feel, is the most self-sacrificial thing that we can do as women. You know, we're blessed to be in that position where we give up our entire lives, our entire bodies, our whole selves for our children. And this is, this is what we're called to do as Christians. And to be able to partake in that miracle is truly the biggest gift and the biggest blessing. And it does come with hardships. You know, this world, we were promised tribulation in this world, but Christ has overcome it. 
we weren't promised cushy endings and comfort and joy in this world all the time. We find joy in Christ alone. And I feel if I go into motherhood with that lens, knowing that, yes, in the world I have tribulation, as a mom, I'm going to struggle. It's going to be hard, but I'm giving up myself for my baby. I am laying down my life for someone I haven't even met and yet I love. And I'm trying to fulfill my greater purpose that God has called me to do through my motherhood. You're ascribing a certain value to motherhood that actually a lot of people in our society don't recognize so much. There's an undervaluing of motherhood in those societal expectations, even as we're having our conversation today. There's a jobs summit on and uh, there's all sorts of uh, conversations, no doubt, about women in the workforce and the fact that you can increase childcare so that that en- enables you to go and uh, pursue the career that you want. This struggle between what's most important, uh, my motherhood responsibility or the career that I feel like I want. Uh, a lot, lot of course, uh, people of uh, women have juggled those things and uh, and tried to fill tick all the boxes. Any thoughts mm-hmm. around, and some people perhaps capable of doing that, maybe some not quite so capable. Any thoughts here? It's funny you ask that because I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I am, you know, I've been on maternity leave after my second child for a while and I'm going back to work and I'm trying to figure out how to juggle myself. But I feel like, you know, I, I, before I had kids, I can confess and say I was that person. I was that woman who wanted to chase my career and chase my dreams and chase my passions. And if kids fit into that plan, great. If not, that's okay too. And I always, I I never thought that, you know, being a mum was really what I was called to do or or what a way I can give up something of myself for God. I never thought like that. Once I became a mum, that entire shift changed for me. That entire viewpoint changed. And really, if I'm not living my life for my kids, or if I'm not showing them the love of Christ, what have I achieved as a parent? That's our role, right? As parents, we are to put their hands in Christ and let him do the work, but it's my role to introduce them to him. So I don't think that means putting your dreams or your passions or you know everything that you want to chase in this life completely aside. I think there's a time and place for everything, but I really need to assess what and how I'm doing. I need to assess if I have any idols in my life. Is my career my idol? Is my side hustle my idol? What what am I idolizing over my kids? What am I putting in front of me? And, you know, if it's taken away today, I, I will be a different person. I will be bitter and sad. What am I idolizing? And, you know, in saying that, I, I say that out loud, but I feel like some of us can idolize our motherhood too and not put trust in God's plan and, and in his abilities because they're his kids before they're ours. So we need to also have a a balance, a fine balance. I think there are things in place for mums that we can do to find not balance, because I feel like that doesn't exist. Something will always outweigh the other. And for me, it's always going to be my kids. But just to find that place where we feel comfortable enough and confident enough to put those boundaries. You know, for me, 
I found that speaking up at work and saying, I'm only going to do part-time while my kids are young and they need me and I'm only going to work the days that they're, you know, I'm able to be away from them and I can't find any other help. I am now confident in setting those boundaries for myself and saying, I will not pick up any more days, any more shifts, any other work if my kids need me because that's where I need to be. And so we need to start setting boundaries. And again, that's not discounting dreams and passions. I think we're allowed to do that and we should be. We're encouraged to and our kids will be inspired by the things that we achieve You know, when the world tells us you can't. But I also need to be there for my kids. And being there doesn't necessarily have to be in the form of seven days a week. Just the time that I spent with my children was that quality time. Was that time filling their cup? Was that time showing them the love of God? Or was that time filled with yelling and me telling them to hurry up because I've got work or rush them every single minute of the day because there's always something else to do? What are they seeing from me? And I really need to assess one, what I'm idolizing, where my priorities lie. And two, I have to then align all my goals and my life plans to line up with those priorities and those, you know, remove any idols that might be holding me back. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talk back line open on 1-800-316-316. Our special guest is Marette Abraham. In her new book, Mama, I See You, she talks about finding glimmers of hope in the trenches of motherhood. Marette, let's talk trenches for a moment. <laughs> what are the, some of the challenges that you went through and that you've described in your book and, uh, and we'll talk about how you actually make sense of those when you're thinking about that in light of God and his wisdom and his love. Uh, what are the things that come to mind for you in the battles in the trenches? Mm. I think for me, like I said, that experience in the hospital really shook me. Um, and I think from there it really birthed an anxiety I never felt before. I feel like I've always been this person that never stressed, you know, took everything really easily until my daughter came along and I completely changed. So just coming to terms with the fact that I have now, you know, I need to then deal with an anxiety that I never knew how to deal with before. That was one that I think really shook me and took me a while to even accept. I struggled to find joy and I realize now, you know, at the during my struggle and during my year, I realized that you know, this wasn't just a a mere baby blues. This wasn't simply just how it's supposed to be. Once I became a mum, I was really dealing with a sadness and a depression that I couldn't quite put my finger on again till a little bit later. I struggled with identity and I didn't know who I was now that I'm a mum. I didn't know how to fit in the life that I had before into this new life. And honestly, I was looking at it in a different lens. I was looking at it in the worldly lens that I was used to and that I was doing for many years before that and I just I think I struggled to you know care for someone I was so obsessed with when I felt so overwhelmed all the time I feel like I I stressed about even the tiny things and it wasn't a, a normal stress it wasn't normal by any means and finally and I think the biggest thing for me was my relationship with God became really fractured. And I feel like that was because 
the prayers I was praying were quite specific and I wasn't listening to him at all. I wasn't seeing him in my struggles. If anything, not hearing him and not seeing him made me move further away to the point where I felt like he wasn't listening, he wasn't around. And so I felt like, you know, I'm going to do this on my own since you're not here to help me. And that relationship really hurt me. It really hurt me. It hurt me not being able to talk to him and not knowing what to say and feeling like I was alone even from God. But he came through. But that was, I think, the biggest thing for me. That relationship that I thought was so solid before becoming a mum. After so many different setbacks, you know, the hospital and then I was in and out of hospital for chronic pain and illness as well. And I had so many issues in the first three months of motherhood that I just felt myself moving further and further away from God. And that was, I think, the hardest thing for me. He, though, I think showed up in ways that I could only appreciate in hindsight and in retrospect. And there are a few Bible characters that have always, you know, touched me and have always been the people that I really looked at in these months. And one of them was a Samaritan woman. And my prayer was always, God, why is it that you allowed yourself to meet her in the heat of the day when she was out doing her chores and you stayed, you stood there, you sat there while she was doing her daily activities and you allowed yourself to meet her where she was. Why aren't you meeting me where I am? I need you to meet me here. And I feel like that really changed everything for me because then I started to seeing, see him in these places, in these places of hurt, in my sorrow, and at times when really I wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't prayed that. When you say God allows flowers to blossom from the wreckage of the things that you're going through, you're talking here about how you understand these things in light of uh, of God, uh, Jesus, in the life of a Samaritan woman, uh, in the day-to-day activities, which were activities of hardship in her own life, uh, that mm. he was there and he revealed himself in the presence of those uh, things that brought about some form of wreckage. Mm. Exactly. And I think that's what he does with us. No matter what the trial, no matter what the tribulation, no matter how bad the hurt or how far you've gone from God, he can still use that and allow beauty to stem from it. You know, the Samaritan woman became one of the greatest missionaries. You know, she went and she preached Jesus to everyone, everyone she could, despite her past, despite her pain. And he found a way to fill her cup with him despite all of that. And as mums, it almost feels like every day is the same struggle. It's the same mess. It's the same things over and over. It's the same thankless job every single day. But God allows such beauty to stem from our motherhood if we give him our motherhood, if we give him our pain and our hurt, and we allow him to meet us Right here, we allow him to meet us in this chaos, in the mess, in our hurt, in our pain, when nobody says thanks and we feel so defeated and deflated in our everyday. We open up to him and we allow him into our motherhood. We uh, We can expect that that motherhood will be transformed to something far greater than what we've ever thought. Um, And I think that's 
that was the, the trigger for me, reading about the Samaritan woman and praying that prayer and allowing him into my anxiety and finally accepting that nothing can separate me from his love, that no pain, no hurt, no sadness I feel, no stress, no anxiety, nothing, not even me turning my back on him can separate me from his love and allowing him into this place of hurt and in, in this darkness that I felt really did open up an entire different view of motherhood for me and it helped me get the help that I needed and allowed me to find him again in a in a way better light than I thought. You know, I thought I had faith before and I thought I knew God before, but honestly the God I found in that pit, in that sadness, was a far greater God than the one I thought I knew. Um, and his love is just so relentless. And I really know now what it feels to be violently loved by him. You know, even when I turn my back on him, he never gives up. Marette is our special guest and our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Marette, before we go any further, why don't we take a call or two? Let's hear from Wendy in Casino in New South Wales. Hi, Wendy. Welcome. Hello there. I'm enjoying the conversation. Very good. And it's reminding me of my days when I had my first child. I've just actually written a book also about my memoirs, but what I was saying I had gone through university and become a Christian, uh, sorry, become an atheist at university. Um, and I learned to become a teacher. I had a BA dip ed at the end of it and had a baby right at the very end of my university degree, my first child. It was so difficult. I got the shock of my life. I settled into anxiety and worry. And I suddenly realized that here I'd Thought I knew everything, you know, with the BAC bed, you think you know everything. And um, I had no idea how to bring up a difficult child. And it really stumped me. And it was actually, the ironical thing was, that was the difficult child that eventually brought me to God. So, you know, there's always purposes. What happened when he was five years old and he eventually went to school and he went to scripture? And he had, because uh, in those days there was no choice, he just did scripture. And he came home one day from scripture and he said, Mum, how come you've never told me about God? I learned about God today. And, you know, I was so desperate for help. And I said to him, look, I said, I don't know if there is a God, but I'll find out for you. And I spent the next two years, you know, searching to see if there was a God. And to my surprise, <laughs> there was one after all. And I was Wendy. so thrilled. And that was a great turnaround in my life. And no more anxiety and worry. I got over so, so much of that. when I, So it was motherhood that actually brought me to God. And I'm Wendy, wonderful hearing that insight. <laughs> when you're going through the trials and the struggles, you might not realise what's going yeah. on. But let's get a thought or two from Marette her, for Wendy and her story. Mm. Marette, what are your thoughts? I think, hi, Wendy. Um, I, you know, that experience, I think, is one that, you know, lots of mums might uh, resonate with. And, and just that, you know, even if you, you didn't become an atheist and then found God in your parenting, I think kids have that ability to bring you closer to God or, and the overwhelm and the stress and the anxiety and sometimes the depression also has the ability to take you away from God. I think what I might just add in there is, you know, sometimes we can hear that, you know, mental health struggles are a reason or a cause of, you know, our lack of faith. And we hear, uh, you know, I personally heard that 
I was going through what I was going through just because I lacked in faith. And we need to make a distinction there. Um, and as a doctor, I feel quite passionately about this. You know, just like our physical bodies need nourishment and need extra aid and extra support when it's unwell, our mental health and our minds might also need that extra support if they're unwell. Um, and, you know, sometimes people are more predisposed to mental health issues. I, you know, we know there are some risk factors and there's family history and genetics that can sometimes play a part. But just going through a traumatic experience, which I think is, a, is an issue for a lot of mums going through postnatal depression and anxiety, just having that initial trauma of either being thrown into motherhood and not knowing what to do or having an experience with your child being unwell, which I think is what triggered my path, that then needs a bit of extra support. And our faith is always the catalyst for the extra support. It helps things along. I think our, our relationship with God is our protective factor for a lot of us, and we've got that gift. And God is there cheering us on, ready for us to get the help we need, wanting us to get extra help, and he is never too far away. And we need to also know that if we need that extra help, that doesn't make us less. It actually makes us, you know, better in that we are showing up. We are showing up for ourselves and our kids and we are getting the help, even though I might not feel so strongly about it or I feel like, you know, sad because of it. I think it makes us greater and it makes us stronger to be able to step out of ourselves for a minute and say, wait a second, something else is going on here. Where else can I access help? Where can I get the, you know, the, the help I need for this particular season in my life? And that might be in the form of counselling or just seeing professionals, and it might also be in the form of medication and hospital admission. Either way, there's no shame in that, and we need to take away that stigma that society tells us is there. We need to make the distinction that if I do need that extra help, it doesn't mean that my love for God lacks in any way. Thank you so much to Wendy in Casino for great insight today. Let's take another call. Melanie is in Wangaratta in Victoria. Hi, Melanie. Welcome. Hi, thank you. I just really want to say thank you for um, the topic and the conversation and just, um, yeah, the insight into motherhood. And I'm just thinking, um, you know, with with society, how it's heading, um, how do we... Uh, instill in our children, um, both boys and girls, um, the value of family to start with and also the importance of um, you know, motherhood because obviously there's so many things that are trying to attack that. Uh, let's get a thought or two. Marette, uh, the value of family and families teaching around motherhood. What are your thoughts for Melanie? Hi, Melanie. Um, thank you for asking that question. I think that's a really important thing to unpack. And I think like everything... Our kids especially won't learn so much from the words we speak, but we'll learn from how we live our lives and what we place value on and how we live out that joy in Christ. And honestly, if I'm not living in God's joy, if I'm not living in his grace and in his presence daily, that's not going to translate. And I always, you know, I come to the end of the day and sometimes I think, you know, did I show them Christ at all? Did they see the beauty in motherhood, did they see how much I love them? And I think back on my day and really all I did was maybe yell a thing or two or think about how late we are or be frantic in the kitchen trying to get everyone dinner without even speaking a word to my kids. And when they see that, 
I don't think they can appreciate the joy and the love of parenting and motherhood and family and find that that zest for life in family and motherhood. If I'm truly living in God's grace and in his love and I'm letting him into my motherhood, then I think it translates and that's what our kids will see. And I need to place that motherhood, I need to place my family into his hands and I need to allow him to inject himself in that space. I need to open that door for him. And so if I'm constantly involving him in everything, then he will come through. That's what they'll see and that's what they'll appreciate and that's what they'll feel. And they will truly appreciate the joy in family and and in motherhood through us by just us letting Christ in. And I think us, don't get me wrong, I think you know, us needing a breather or feeling the chaos is just a bit too much and just being overwhelmed, that is normal and that is okay. And I feel like that's almost the staple of being a mum. There aren't any days where we'll come to the end of the day and say, you know, I won at motherhood today. I showed them Christ's love entirely. I don't think we're ever going to have those days because we're human. But it's in those moments of overwhelm how I how I react in those moments, you know, is is that the moment that I truly feel like this is rock bottom for me, this is when I need God the most, or am I not letting him into that rock bottom, into that chaos? And so the key, I think, for us, regardless of which point in the day it is, whether it's a high and I'm really happy and I'm with my kids and they see me laughing and joyous or I'm really sad and really low and just really overwhelmed, regardless at what point in the day it is, I need to let Christ in again, regardless of my feelings and my emotions. I need to let him in to transform that entire experience for me, to transform my entire family life and to then transform my kids' lives. And I need to entrust him to do that. It's still needs work from my end. I need to open up the gates for God to come into my family and into my home and into my motherhood especially. Melanie in Wangaratta, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Marette, when you say that being overwhelmed, that's just normal. Uh, For people who don't feel like that's normal, and I guess this is where the mental health challenge comes in, feeling guilty when you're overwhelmed. Uh, What I think you're saying here is you've got to contextualize that guilt for what's normal. Yes, there are going to be some who are going to have some deeper mental health issues that might need special treatment, but for the majority of the overwhelmingness, this is actually normal. Yeah, it's true. It is normal a lot of the time for mums to go through periods of ups and downs in the day and feeling overwhelmed a lot of the time. You know, our mental load is huge as it is, what we need to keep tabs on and what we need to manage for our families um, and ourselves and also the things that we're doing. You know, it's a, it's a lot. If you think back on your day and you actually write a list of everything you've done as a mum that day, it's a big list. And so to feel overwhelmed with tasks and just things that we're meant to be doing is completely normal. It becomes not normal when that overwhelmed turns into prolonged periods of anxiety or you start getting panic attacks or you get prolonged periods of depression and that lack of joy. And it 
there are a number of criteria. You know, you can look up the diagnosis for anxiety and depression. You can look it up postnatally as well just to kind of try and make a differentiation. But there are certain things you need to look for and timing is, is one of them. You know, postnatal blues last for a couple of weeks. Anything that extends more than, you know, a month or so, things that normally give you joy no longer feel joyful. You know, your appetite changes, your weight changes, your sleep changes, you feel fatigued all the time. All of these things, there are a few other lists, uh, things on the list that you can look for. But if you start ticking some of these things, and I think the criteria is five or more, then you need to really reassess your overwhelm. Is this true? normal overwhelm is this just the normal overwhelm of the chaos of daily life as a mum do I still find joy in the things I found joy in before or am I starting to tick a lot of these boxes and do I maybe need a bit of extra support and extra help to help me move along in my motherhood and help me feel better than I do right now so we 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 again need to show up for ourselves and try and make that distinction and try and find the help that we need early so that it's, you know, successful and we can live out more joy for longer. Marit, perhaps it's a man in the conversation as I bring this point up, but when you're going through all the overwhelming challenges of motherhood, you're in the trenches, as you describe, there's got to be something special about a father's role in actually how you contextualise meeting all these challenges as a mother. I wonder if you've got some thoughts here for the men who are listening into a conversation like ours today, recognising the value of a father's role in mothers being on top of the challenges or not Mm. not getting lost in the guilt uh, but being actually in the trenches together. Is there a thought or two here for dads in this conversation? Uh, Definitely. Um, You know, I think dads play a huge role. And if it wasn't for my husband and, and, you know, his support and his willingness to talk about things that are overwhelming me and his, you know, almost encouraging me to start talking about things that I don't want to talk about, if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have gotten to where I was. And honestly, I saw the love of God in his parenting, you know, more so than I had seen it elsewhere my entire life. You see, I was looking for it at this point. But just seeing how he loved so wholeheartedly and so selflessly selflessly really did show me glimpses into Christ's love for me. And that kind of made me almost wake up to coming back to Christ and, and remembering that his love for him for me never changes. My husband and all dads out there, I think I encourage you to start talking about the difficult things. Don't sweep things under the rug. If you come in and you see that, you know, she's overwhelmed, she's tired, she's exhausted, she's snappy, she might, maybe doesn't want to talk about her day, give it a couple of minutes, give it an hour or so, let, let the chaos of the moment pass and bring it up again. See if she wants to talk about it. See how you can support her. Ask, what is there that you need from me? What do you need me to do right now? What do you need me to do moving forward to take away some of the pressures from you? Here are ways I can help. Here are ways I can physically do things that physically support or just physically be there for the kids. These are the things I can do. What would you like me to do? I'm happy to do as many as you like. Do we need extra help? I will come with you. 
to come talk to your general practitioner, to the counsellor, whatever you need, I am here for you. And just acknowledging her chaos or her own struggles, I think just bringing them to light and giving her permission to talk about things that she might think you don't want to hear goes a long way, a long, a long, long way. And with that, just being there, being there, showing up in your fatherhood, showing up for the kids, doing things that you think she might appreciate even though she didn't ask you, just being there to listen and just being there to encourage her along her journey, to get the help she needs if she does need extra help, to help any way you can, and just being present in her journey as a mum. You know, this is all new for both of you, and fathers can struggle just as much, and fathers can really struggle with their mental health too. So let this be a reality check that parenting is difficult for everyone, especially going into as a new parent, and just have some grace for yourself and for your partner, for your spouse, let them open up and just open that door for help if needed. Dads need to have their antennas up uh, to keep yes. faith and purpose alive, uh, to talk through, as you're saying, Marette, difficult things. Dads, dads don't always have their antennas up, and that uh, is a source, no doubt, of some levels of conflict. But when uh, there is a tiredness, as you describe in a mother, exhaustion, an acknowledgement of the chaos is actually a very important thing for a woman. And let's just bring this into another context, and we're running short of time now, but there's a certain context here going through these chaos pressures in the trenches of motherhood. Now, I haven't said this through the conversation, but you're a doctor, and as a cancer doctor, treating terminally ill patients, you describe being in hospital wards, kneeling at bedsides, discovering God's heart for each of us because there's a big context, uh, not even the struggles that we go through as parents and in the case of what we're talking about today as motherhood, some people are going through very, very difficult situations and uh, you've experienced those at the bedsides of dying patients. Any thoughts here to offer about context of how hard things are? We're all struggling and we're all struggling in this life that was laid out for us. We're all struggling differently, but we're all struggling. We're all in some sort of pain. We're all in some sort of hardships. Some we feel are struggling more than others and we feel they're getting along way better than how we feel we would. But we also have our own struggles that, you know, some others look to us the same way. We need to have grace for one another. We need to have our hearts open for one another. And no matter how something looks from, you know, the offset, no matter how pretty a picture looks or how happy a family looks, we have no idea about the struggles that they're facing. And, you know, I have personally, personally been in the spot where I have seen a family walk through the door and I've got their papers and their results in front of me and I can see it's actually not that bad. They should be fine. It's all good. And then they open up and I get to see a different side of them and I've, I've been put in a, in a very privileged spot where I, I am exposed to the vulnerabilities of others and that makes judgment of others really difficult. But they open up and it's a completely different picture to the one I thought 
or the one that I painted before I met them. And so we have no idea and we really do need to give each other the benefit of the doubt and give each other, show each other some grace and truly just, like I said, live in that love and grace of God. Because how can we live in his love and grace and not see that with others and not open up our hearts to others? If we're completely, completely taken over by his love, he will allow us to be there for others. He will allow us to be support for one another. And we will then build a community of people that are struggling together, like-minded people that just want to help each other and just want to support each other in this walk of life. The reality is we'll all go through struggles and as you say and as I was reflecting even in the introduction your life didn't seem Instagrammable. There are so many perfect pictures we think we all ought to aspire to but the reality is we're all going through some pain and struggle and learning to meet each other at that point of need, learning how to reflect the heart of God into the situation when we are parents mothers or fathers. Uh, Marette, we have run out of time, but there'll be listeners who'll want to get a hold of your book. We've only scratched the surface on the way we could get into a depth in talking about finding glimmers of hope in the trenches of motherhood. But the book is called Mama, I See You. It's available online. You can get it. Uh, You'll just Google Mama, I See You, Finding Glimmers of Hope in the Trenches of Motherhood. Uh, Marette Abraham wrote the book and if you Google Marette or Mama I See You you'll find how you can get a hold of Marette's book Marette also has a blog it's mamamd.blog and uh, on your blog site just before uh, before we have to farewell you uh, it's interesting the way you reflect uh, on your blog site Marette uh, you say these are just my muddled thoughts on paper doctor writing and mum brain. I think uh, perhaps mothers might relate to the way you're, you're talking about that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, we always, you know, cop it for our doctor writing. I think I've got great writing, but my husband will say differently. Um, but I think that's how it feels a lot of the time for me. A lot of the things I'm going through, I feel really just are muddled thoughts. Like they're just my own thoughts, my own experiences, but I know for certain, now that everything is out there, I know there are others who are going through the same and who feel the same and maybe don't have the words to express how they're feeling. Well, Marette, the book, Mama, I See You, Finding Glimmers of Hope in the Trenches of Motherhood, the blog, mamamd.blog. Uh, there's a podcast too. Marette also has her own podcast called Mummy, M-A-M-I, working through a lot of the common struggles of motherhood in faith. Uh, Marette, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with listeners today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. And to anyone who's listening, anyone who feels like they're going through this, you know, trench alone, you're 100% not alone. There's an army of us out there who are struggling just the same and we're in the same boat and we just want to be there for one another. So please always reach out if you also don't have an avenue of, or you know, a group of people that you can speak to too. I'm always happy for that. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.